Hey everybody, I'm Nick Davis. Welcome to Simply Not Easy, the podcast about simple action steps to improve the journey of your life as I work to improve the journey of my own. Hey, what's going on everybody? Welcome back to Simply Not Easy. Hope everybody's having a fantastic day out there. I know it's certainly going to be a good one for myself. So, we're here on a sports Sunday, and I got a I got a real good lineup for us today. So, we're starting off talking about finals, talking about finals in terms of, well, sports for the first of all. Um, we are on today for Sunday, we have game six between, uh, the for NHL hockey, the Bruins and the Blues. Um, so between those two teams, it's um, game six, Blues are up three to two, Stanley Cup finals, and... We're talking about what happens when you lay everything on the line. When it's your time, when it's come, you've had all the preparation, and now it's your moment to shine. On the other end of things, tomorrow night, we've got the Toronto uh, for NBA basketball. We've got Toronto Raptors and Golden State Warriors. And the Raptors are up uh, 3-1 in the series, so it's going to be a game five. But again, both these teams, both these for NHL, for hockey, and for NBA for basketball, in both these situations, they are capable of either ending out the series, finishing it off completely, or have their back up against the wall and fight for another moment, another moment to see a victory. And this is crazy stuff, right? It's crazy stuff because this is literally at the end for them. It's the finals. They've came all this way. It's been a long, grueling season. I'll be honest with all you out there. I know basketball a little bit better than I know hockey. So they've got 82 games in the regular season for basketball. Um, minimum, if you're winning all the way to the finals, minimum of 16 games by the end of the finals, but usually 20 to 23 or something for a lot of these teams. That's a long, long time. Long time, long grueling season. Um, injuries happen. Players get hurt. Sometimes you're not feeling it by the time you get there. Um, there's, a, there's certainly a lot that goes into it. For the finals and what we're talking about today it's just that mentality of being there at the end about when it is your go time when it is your game time your heart's beating chest is pounding all ready to go what do you do to get yourself in that mentality of doing everything that you absolutely need to do to make it happen right for yourself and we're leaving sports for a moment as i get on with this talk because today is the holy pentecost sunday um for myself and other Catholics out there in the world, other Christians. And I want to share with you guys out there a story that absolutely does relate to today. Um, you know, with Pentecost sometimes being referred to as a day with the spoken in tongues. Um, but it's, it's the day of Jesus' disciples stepping foot out there. And in a way, it was kind of like their finals too. Um, they they suffered, they struggled. It was challenging for them because they had their leader, their fearless God, Jesus. He was killed, right? He was totally killed on Good Friday. Rose again, Easter Sunday. So then everything was good. He was back, right? Well, not so fast. Now he's up in heaven. And he gave them the message that, you know, you'll get through this, you'll have the spirit to guide you and all this stuff. But they're freaking terrified, right? Their fearless leader was now dead. He was gone. He wasn't with them. But there was still resistance out there. They still wanted to preach that good word, the gospel, the 
message that Jesus lived for and tried to live for and gave the message. And they were hiding, they were afraid. But Pentecost Sunday, that was finally the day where they came out. That was their finals, man. We're in the, we're in the playoffs right now for the NBA, the play, playoffs for the NHL, and the playoffs for the gospel, for the message of God. And, I mean, if that isn't a powerful message, I don't know what it is for all y'all. So, um, anyways, I'm going to get on with it and share a message that... Um, priest today shared for his homily that was a powerful one for me to say the least and wow that truck cut across fast so this priest was talking about his time as he was preparing for the priesthood and while he was doing that um, they wanted to send him off to the hospital for liturgy um, for the hospital to be to work with people who are sick dying their family members and all that and he had done it before, so he really wasn't very excited for it at all. He had done it um, previously in his life, um, you know, for volunteering a couple hours a week here and there, and in his words, he hated it. He hated it because he didn't feel like there was anything he could offer them. He was going to a situation where people had just lost a family member, whether it was a grandparent or whether it was a son or daughter, and he knew that he, he couldn't bring him back. He couldn't. And that was a big struggle for him where he wanted to do more than he was able to do. And he just, he did not like that at all. <laughs> but as he went on with this story, he said that now he was being asked to do that full time. To do that for three months, for 40 plus hours a week, doing that all the time. And so as he went ahead and did that, he learned pretty quickly that, you know, listen, I've got to do it at some point. Basically, he was told by the bishop that, hey, if he doesn't do this, this summer or the next summer or the summer after, he's not getting ordained. And that's when the priest actually becomes a priest. So uh, that's when, in his words, he said, you know, this was clear that it was a message by God that, listen, bro, you're going to do this. So he was getting ready to go there and do it. And basically, he was saying over and over that, hey, you know what? If God's having me do this, I better start praying for it. I better completely start praying, start making it happen. And he did. He did. He kept praying. He kept trying to, um, you know, hope hope the absolute best for it, the best for the situation. And what came up out of that was that he was saying, God, listen, I can't do this without you. I need your help. I need your help. So... God showed up, made it happen. And he tells a story about how he goes through with his training, getting all the logistics done and everything. And by the time it's Friday on the first week, he's he's done. He's done with the paperwork and everything. So then from there, um, they get a call. Somebody needs their help. Now, they're not supposed to start till next week, but kind of head honcho guy, the priest who had been there for, or the priest in training, I should say, the chaplain who had been there for an extended amount of uh, period of service was out sick that day. So they sent two of them out there, two of the quote-unquote newbies. And as they sent the two newbies out there, he was so nervous. He didn't know what to do. Um, yeah, he was, honestly, he was honestly pretty scared because he had never been in that situation before. 
So they go up, they go up to the floor looking for the nurse so they can get some info about the family and everything. Um, because what they heard was it was a, a family member had recently passed and they needed help. They needed some spiritual guidance. And so as they went up there, they're looking for the nurse, couldn't find the nurse. And the two of them who went up there split. And basically when they were assigned to have two of them go up, their instructions were basically, hey, one of you guys, because you're new, you can... Um, do the service, the talking, and help them out, and the other one can do the paperwork. And the priest is like, all right, or this priest in training, the chaplain said, all right, sweet, I know how to do paperwork. So he was not intending on getting up there and um, being direct with the family. He was so nervous. But he goes up, can't find the nurse, so the two of them split up. They split up to go find the nurse out there, and... What happens is as soon as they split up, one of the family members finds this priest, finds the chaplain, and she pulls him into the room. And he's all nervous. And, you know, they get talking and everything. She pulls him into the room, and he's in the room. When he gets there, there are 20 family members there. 20 family members in the room, and he's so overwhelmed. He's nervous. Um, he says, God, help me out because I can't do this without you. And that person that they, the family members lost, for some that was a parent, a grandparent, a great-grandparent even. Um, and as he was telling this story, it actually reminded me and brought me back to, um, I don't think there was necessarily a chaplain there, but my great-grandmother passed. She was the rock of the family, absolutely. Um, and we easily had 20 people around in that small local hospital for her, um, you know, within her last few day or so. Um, yeah, beautiful time, beautiful time. A woman of great legacy. And she is missed and will be missed. But this does happen every day. Every day people are going through this process. And the chaplain was crazy nervous. He described his heart as thudding, pounding. And he was saying he could barely half hear them because of how loud his heart was in his ears shaking through there. I'm drawing a parallel to this with these sports finals, with the playoffs. This was his playoffs. This was his moment. And he trusted in God to ask God for help and guidance. And God delivered. He was a wreck. But he realized in that moment it wasn't his job to say something to make them feel better. It was his job to be there for them. And he asked them a question. And he, as he said, it was words that had never come out of his mouth before. It just came out. Who is she to you? Who is she to you? Asked him the family members. And he said this opened up a beautiful, brilliant conversation for 20 minutes where he barely said a word. But it helped them process it and helped them heal them. Helped them unite the family together. Unite them in the time of their loss. And when he left... When they were done, the other chaplain kind of snuck in behind the back of the room. And he remembers her asking him, how, how do you feel? And he told her, I was nervous. I was a wreck. And she said, wow, really? Because you were the most present sense of calm I've ever seen. And that's just, just the thing. He's, he even told us today in the homily that, you know, that was definitely God guiding him because he did not feel that. But... 
And I'm drawing a parallel back to these sports playoffs because we, some of us can relate far better to the spiritual life and those moments of calling than we can to sports playoffs. Some of us can relate far better to the sports playoffs than our spiritual calling. But ultimately, I think they go hand in hand. I think it's the moments where we respond to God. We respond to his calling. And when we do the work that we are set out to do in this world, whether that's be a kick-ass sports player and help people up and lift them up through that, or whether it's to be to do spiritual work as a chaplain or whatever our mission is. I talked to the other podcast about defining our mission statement, our purpose on earth for this being. God created us for that purpose. And if you're out there doing the work of God and asking him for his help, greatness will happen. The heart may still be pounding. It might not be comfortable. But in these two situations, a spirit of great spiritual demand or great physical demand, you have no other option but to give it everything you got. And your heart's pounding. Butterflies in your stomach. As a great Michael Jordan once said, gotta get the butterflies moving in the right direction. Get the butterflies moving in the right direction. Yeah, you got butterflies in your stomach. They're always going to be there to a certain extent. You just get better at handling them. Tell them to fly the same way. Fly the same way that you got to fly. They'll always be there. But you might as well use them to your advantage. So today, as we mark close to the end of the NHL for hockey and NBA for basketball playoffs, the finals, as we mark the Holy Pentecost Sunday, the time where the disciples had their bravery, they had their coming out, they had their time where they proclaimed the good word of God without Jesus there. That was their test. That was their playoffs. That was their finals. And they kept coming back year after year. I want to ask all of you, reflect upon the mission statement that you made the other day that I guide you through the process. And if you haven't heard that episode, go back and listen to that. There's some good gems in there. Spend some time focusing on your mission. And this is not a permanent mission. Refine it. Change it. As you gain more experience, maturity, redefine that for yourself. Redefine your mission, your purpose, your passion. But once you've done that, put it to work. Whatever faith you're a part of, or even if you're not, ask God, ask a higher power, or simply ask your family and friends for help and support through that. That you have the bravery, that you got the Holy Spirit, that you got your road and the journey there. I ask God for help all the time, and I probably honestly need to do it more than I do. So we've got these external finals out in our world. What are the finals that you're facing now or that you're preparing to face? What gets your heart beating? What makes you nervous? What gets the butterflies flying? Make them fly in the right direction. All right, everybody. Simply not easy.